and welcome back to another episode of Farewell Evangelion, the podcast where we go through the full Neon Genesis Evangelion series bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for his last time, and as always, I'm joined by Peter. Hello! Who's going through for his first. Today we're finishing off the pilot episodes that we started with Shinji, with Mari Makinami Illustrious, also known as Mari Iscariot. The mysterious character that kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. So now that we're finished with the, well, not finished, but we're on the last episode on pilots, I just have to say that every time you say we're doing the pilot episodes, my brain goes to like a TV pilot, which is usually the first one you do before <laughs> like you do the real episodes. And it feels weird that the one of the last things we're doing in the series is the pilot episodes after we've gone through two fully completed series. That's fair. Anyways, back to the pilot episodes and <laughs> Mario Illustrious Machinopia slash Mary Iscariot. Yeah, so Mari is one of the pilots. Uh, she's considered one of the five primary ones, especially with the Rebuild series. Yeah. Uh, not much is really known about the character itself, though. Uh, we do know that she is British-Japanese, uh, so much like Asuka, you know, coming from more of a European background with the character. Uh, we never get her age or date of birth. I wonder why. <laughs> Almost seems like... Maybe she's older than the other pilots, but we don't want to realize that right away. Yeah, uh, so I guess the question for you is, do you want me to start with the past, or do we want to talk about the character and then go into that afterwards? Let's start with the character, and then later on we can go into her past and her the curse of Ava keeping her young, even though she's actually the age of Shinji's mom. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. So, what's going on with Mari? Who is she? What does she want? I've decided those are my only two questions for any character. <laughs> a little late for that, considering we've gone through four already? Yeah, but fuck it. Uh, I learn what I'm doing after I'm done doing it. Uh, so, Mari is the fifth child. Uh, on top of that, she's also a person who knows a lot about Evangelion specifically. Yep. Uh, I want to point out, I know you're doing the math here. I was like, why is she the fifth child? And clearly she's been around for a lot longer. But Asuka <laughs> was declared the uh, second child long before Ray was the first child. <laughs> I like this. I can like I can acknowledge I could accept her being the fifth child even though she's been around a lot longer than everyone else just because the Marmaduke Institute is the one who declares them the child or whatever. And it's all made up anyways. And it's all made up anyways. So it's a perfectly fine thing of like she while she has been around longer and is much older than the other children, and even presumably has been piloting Ava's for a much longer time, she wasn't actually acknowledged by the Marmaduke Institute until recently. So what tends to happen is it seems that your child designation comes after piloting an Ava, and not before. Fair. So Shinji became the third child as the pilot. Yeah, because initially wasn't he referred to as a potential third child? Pilot candidate. Pilot candidate. Yeah, and then after he starts piloting Unit 1, that's when he becomes declared the third child. Yeah, and that's why it's weird. Because Asuka was trained from a young age to be an Evangelion pilot, and she's the second pilot because she was the second person to get an Evangelion. Yeah. Kara's the fourth child. Oh, I mean, technically, Yui was the first person to get inside of the Evangelion. Yeah. But... She both wasn't a child and did not leave the Evangelion, so no point in naming her the first child. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I wouldn't think too hard about the child designations. 
the, the fact that they also kind of say fuck it to it in the rebuild series. Yeah. I mean, as we've discussed, the Marmaduke Institute is just a bunch of BS, so it, us referring to them as the fifth child or the third child or anything like that, it's purely for us to easily keep track without using names. It serves no other purpose. <laughs> oh, Fuji's also called the third boy <laughs> in the rebuild series for some reason. Moving on! I do not First care! First girl, the second girl, the third boy. It would feel weirdly shitty to Asuka to refer to him as the first boy, even though he's the third child. So yeah, I'm on board with Shinji coming third in a race where he runs alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mari, we end up learning she's kind of working, well, she's working at the Bethany base. Which is funny when you think about it, because... I'm gonna go to, like, the little joke thing at the end, where Fusey calls you Mary Iscariot, which is a reference to Mary of Bethany, yep. from the Bible, and Judas Iscariot. Yeah. So the fact that she starts off on Bethany base is pretty funny, because she's literally Mary from Bethany base. Yep. Mary of Bethany. Yep, no, no. Solid, solid A-plus joke writing there, Anna. Yeah. Uh, so, if you want to talk about the purpose of the character, that kind of leads us down the path, if you want to think about it. But ultimately, the idea of what she wants is to have a good time. Yeah, she's just... As she openly admits during uh, Rebuild 2? Was it 2 when she was introduced, or was it 3? She was just in 2. 2. It was the opening scene in 2, and the opening scene in 4. And yeah. she uh, doesn't show up until the end of 2, but it's more probably for 3. But yeah, as she openly admits during uh, the opening of 2... While the adults feel like they're taking advantage of kids by making them pilot Ava's, she fully believes she's taking advantage of adults because she gets to have so much fun piloting an Ava. Which, her designation for child and adult gets very interesting when you start considering her potential age range. Yeah. If we're just saying that, like, someone is still a child regardless of how long they are, uh, how long they've been alive based on the physical age of their body, then... That has a lot of issues with people being like, that anime character's not a minor. They're actually 6,000 years old. Nope, that's a fucking child right there. Ava told me so. <laughs> I mean, uh, the idea with the curse of Ava is it doesn't just stop physical growth. It stops, like, mental and emotional growth. Fair. I feel like watching Ava made me stop mental growth, so... Really, she'd be doing the opposite. <laughs> I feel like I have not changed once since we started this series. That's not true. I've become a worse person. <laughs> you did challenge everyone to a fight a couple of times ago. I'm kind of disappointed no one got back to me on that. No one asked me to fight. <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, she's working with a UN group and not necessarily a NAIR group. Yeah. And she's kind of working with a non-fully functioning yelling unit that's doing experiments on angels. Yeah. Uh, she ends up realizing she has to go to Nair after the incident there when Kaji steals the uh, key of Nebuchadnezzar from the Bethany base. Yeah. Oh, that's where it was? That's where he yeah. stole from? Yeah. There. And she ends up working her way discreetly into Japan, meeting Shinji, and then pretty much ends up being one of the stalling factors that allows Shinji to get back in the robot, as one will do. Discreetly being a choice of words. I don't disagree that it was discreet from, like, probably government perspectives. She made herself very well known to Shinji through entering Japan. To be fair, I don't think that was her plan. No. But Shinji was very aware of her as a person during that day. Yeah. 
paratroop foundation on top of the school. Yep. Uh, and kind of hit around for a few days, and then steals unit two. Yep. Takes off, and then ends up being one of the few people holding back Zuriel before Shinji gets in. And then during the time skip, we find that she just kind of fully joins nerve, gets unit nine or unit eight, sorry. Yep. And then ends up being one of the two pilots with Asuka. Yep. And then leaves Nerv and starts working for Wheelie. Yeah, what happens during the time skip is never really addressed with her specifically. We can assume it's very much the same thing. She probably helped during the events of the full third impact, as well as she most likely dealt with that missing angle. Yeah. Or helped people with it in some aspect. That seems fully likely, given how she likes to just, like, hang out and have fun times inside Neva. Yeah, during this time gap, it would have been only pilots would have been her, Asuka, and Kaoru, and how much piloting Kaoru actually did knows where he was acting. Yeah. yeah. Had more important yeah, things to do through leading there. Exactly. Hanging out with Kaji, figuring out how to save the love of his life, as we discussed in our previous podcast. Exactly. Uh, and then she's kind of, unfortunately, sidelined for a lot of the third movie, so we don't get a lot on her aside from opening when she's helping Asuka retrieve Unit 1, and then during the end battle with Unit 13 and the final angels. Oh yeah, it's during the third movie, her role seems to be largely relegated to that of person who assists Asuka and doesn't really do things for herself. Yeah, and we almost kind of fall into that same thing in the fourth movie. She does get the opening combat scene, which kudos to her, getting the opening combat scene has only been so far Shinji and Asuka up to this point. Yep. And then uh, after the Paris scene, she also kind of disappears for a chunk of the movie until they get back to the Wheelie. And then she actually plays a very prominent role in that she's the key to Shinji getting into the minus space and also saving him from non-existence at the end of the movie. Yeah. And that's kind of what we know about her. She's a person who has the opposite trait of a lot of the Evangelion characters. She's kind of very different in that aspect compared to a lot of them. She knows a lot more than she lets on, due to the fact that she knew a lot of the secret codes for backdoor on Evangelions and doing yeah, other things. Yeah, going them. into Berserk mode or whatever it was called. Yeah. And she's happy. She is one of the few characters who seems to be happy. Yeah. No troubling, like, uh, repetitious past that she follows in order to try and be happy and ends up just making her life worse. Nope, she's just found what makes her happy, and she's doing the thing that makes her happy. Exactly. Way to go. Yeah, and then the part that really kind of starts seeding some of those suspicious, like, what's going on with her things, is that, first off, she knows a lot more about Evangelion than she lets on. Yep. So it's like, oh, how does she know that information? She had to secretly get into Japan. Yep. Uh, she refers to Gendo uh, as Gendo-kun, yep. which is what you usually say for younger people, and she seems to know Yutsuki. Calling the teacher. Yeah. And Gendo, uh, you know, Butsky hasn't teached since pre impact. Yep. Also, as we learned later on, Butsky knows her by a name other than the one she's been going by for the entire rebuild yeah. series. And that, and there's some things she says when interacting with Ray that implies she's talking about Yui. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the photo reveal in uh, the final movie. Yeah, where. Fuchi- and someone looks strikingly like Yui. Uh, yeah, it's freaking like Mari at the birth of Shinji. Yeah. Probably a coincidence. Yeah. Actually, uh, a lot of people thought that it 
Oscar's mother, but that Yoko has a uh, black Yeah. To be fair, if you didn't read any of the manga or anything and didn't have the kind of information about Mari's previous relationships, such as, like, say, one of the two people listening to this, or not listening to this podcast, hopefully there's more than two people listening to this podcast, one of the two people recording this podcast. You know, I would joke about, yeah, of course there's two people listening to this podcast. You and you again. Yeah, I just <laughs> listened to it twice. But uh, our numbers are actually really surprisingly good. That I don't think we can actually get away with that joke. No. There is, in all possibility, two people listening to it together, collectively, in which case, if you are, like, shoot us an email and, like, tell us about your life and, like, why you listen to your podcast, to our podcast with your friends. I'd love to hear your story. Uh... Anyways, if you're one of the two people who are making this podcast, who had no experience with Evangelion outside of the 95 run and then rebuild, the first thing that comes to mind is not going to be the person who was roughly Yui's age when Yui was a lot, uh, back in the past, is not going to be the person who was roughly Shinji's age now. That's just not where your mind's gonna go. So I can see why people jump to the, oh, is that Asuka's mother or something? Yeah, well, to be fair as well. The movie does set up the idea of pilots not aging, that I think is supposed to direct towards being able to think, oh, Mari's a lot older than she lets on to be. Yeah. Which is the case. Uh, I, I will just kind of come yes. to now. That is Mari. I have already figured this out <laughs> at this point, yes. Mari just is Yui's friend from college. Yes. She was also taught by Fyutsuki, which is why she calls Fyutsuki teacher, and also why she has all those other peculiarities that we've referred to. And she also seems to be a key factor in Gendo and Yui. Yeah. She set them up on a blind date. Not that far. And to be fair, Mary Scary is probably not actually her name. Uh, so the kind of idea that people think is going with Mari's character is that obviously she was working on the same projects with Yui in school, which is the precursor to Project E to save the planet. Yeah. And at some point, when they switch over to doing the Evangelion stuff fully, she ends up getting the Curse of Ava through most likely the same method as the pilots, which is uh, prolonged exposure to LCL and the Evangelion itself. Angels and all that stuff where they're clones of creatures of the Seed of Life. Yeah. So, contamination ends up having some effects on humans, which Asuka, Mari, Shinji, all of these effects that were aware of before even the end of they are in the age of now. Yeah. So she's helping with Project E. Gendo wants to do a human instrumentality project and she, just like Yusuke, is supporting Gendo in this and is believed to be working as a spy of some sort, much like Kaji would be. Yep. But she eventually ends up finding out what Gendo's actually intention with human instrumentality is. Uh, which would have happened during the time skip, and that's why she ends up joining Relay over Kendo. So the idea is that when Yutsuki uh, calls her Mary Iscariot, which is, you know, Mary Bethany, and Judas Iscariot, he's always saying Mary the traitor. Yeah, he's referring to her as a Judas because he, she betrayed them, even though she's known them for far longer than she knew these Relay people. Yeah, and when she says, I haven't heard that name in a long time, it could be they had a more personal falling out during the Wheelay uh, Civil War in Nerve, where she would refer to them. Yeah. So, I don't think her name is Mary Scary. I don't think she's supposed to be the real Mary of Bethany as well. No, of course not. I think it's just Yutsky being the educated motherfucker that he is, was just doing a word fun out of it. Yeah, he was fucking 
the equivalent of referring to her as like I don't know John Wilkes Booth or something like that, <laughs> except for a more cultured person. Yeah, and also that kind of also implies her role in the series, where she's kind of like one of the protectors of Shinji, but also the traitor of Gendo, where both kind of savior figures in their own right, where they're both trying to save humanity through different means. Yeah. So just the Judas to one, will the Mary to the other. Uh, but yeah, so... I think it's interesting how, while she is one of the few characters who feasibly could take on a sort of motherhood role to Shinji, there doesn't seem to be any attempt on that from Shinji's side or from her side. She's just having a good time. Like, arguably, while this is presumably never confirmed in any of the timelines or any of the loops, I would not be overly surprised if it was revealed that she was Shinji's godmother or something like that, just because of she was present at his birth, she was close friends with both parents. So, not out of the question that that's a title she could have, and thus would feel responsible to look after Shinji, take on kind of a motherhood role, but that's just not what she tries to do, and that's not a role Shinji tries to impose <laughs> upon her. She's just having I mean, a good time. And that's Shinji's... a good thing, though, because that's like the first person he's not trying to force into his mother role. Yeah. It's great. Kudos to Shinji for not trying to make a, the this particular woman into your mother. <laughs> Every other woman, yeah, absolutely, you do that. But you didn't do it to this one, and that's great. Hey, congratulations, Shinji. It's like the ending of Evangelion. If they just congratulate him on, like, seeing a female character is not a mother. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know what? Kudos to her, because it's probably her constantly referencing having big boobs that keeps him from thinking of her as <laughs> she a mother. She broke the code. Yeah. It's not something a mother would do. She's clearly not my mother. What kind of weird password is this to get through the door? <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, uh, ultimately, it's kind of implied that she's the only one who truly understood Yui's will as well. Uh, yeah. Where Gendo and the rest didn't really understand why she was doing it. She seems to understand that Yui was hoping for a better world type thing. Yeah. Though she ultimately leads to a lot of the negatives of that franchise to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah, Mari overall is a relatively newer character in the Evangelion lore. Uh, most of that stuff with the backstory with Yui and Gendo has never really been truly flushed out. So a lot of people do complain that she kind of feels tacked onto the universe, which in a sense she is filling the role of a destroyed Evangelion role, which Otto has been very clear. He puts characters like that into the franchise to allow it to grow into different things and yeah. break it down. Every character so far had trauma and bad coping mechanisms. So, in order to shake things up, he introduced a character with little to no trauma and who just genuinely was a happy person. Yeah, I think Mari's supposed to be everything that Rey and Asuka are not, but she's also supposed to be a character who's, at face value, everything that she's saying, she's not lying to you. She's not trying to deceive you. If someone said, hey, are you actually like 40 years plus? And she'd be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck in this she, yeah, she never once claimed to be a child. She just didn't run around telling people, hey, by the way, I'm like 50. Yeah. It didn't come up, so she didn't answer. Yeah. I mean, technically, it's a lie by omission, but she wasn't trying to see people. Yeah. No. If she says she's going to do something or she wants something, that's very clearly what she's going for. 100%. And then design-wise, she was also supposed to be that because she's got just one long hair, glasses, which other characters don't have. At British. No 
someone's got that. No, but everyone else is at least half Japanese, so that might be a problem there. Uh, her first appearance was actually canonically uh, in Petite uh, Ava game. Huh? I mean, to be fair, Calvary's also first appearance was in the comic. What is Petite Ava game? Think of like Ava as like super deformed Ava. Okay. Pretty much that concept. Uh, she has shown up in the fewest materials though, because she is the newer character. Uh, the biggest insight we've gotten to her backstory is in the comic, where we have a fun little story thing that has an interaction between her and Yui. But also in the flashbacks we get at the end of Rise Upon a Time, we can see her interacting with Yui and Gendo. Yeah. So she was very much a student with Yuuzuki, uh, and did a lot of stuff with Yui specifically. So she was really close friends with Yui, but it seems overall she knew Gendo first. Fair. So she knows of Gendo, they have some sort of formal interaction to degree. She becomes friends with Yui, and then ultimately ends up being the fact that introduced. Way to go. You created Shinji. <laughs> All according to Kaveru's plan. All according to Kaveru's plan. Calling it now, Mari doesn't actually exist. She is an interdimensional being created by Kaveru to help force Yui and uh, Gendo to meet. Now, even though I say that her first appearance is in T-Deva, technically she does have a counterpart in Anima, which is another character named Mari who had the same hair color and the same glasses. The difference being this Mari seems to be part of an experimental program with uh, Nair that she's a fusion of human and animal DNA. Yeah, sure, why not? And that animal happens to be a cat, so she's very cat-like. Which then, you look at the fact that Rebuild, uh, she also has cat-like tendencies when she releases the Beast Mode thing. It's never been confirmed to the same character because you never get the last name of the character in Anima. But there is a good chance that Mari from Anima is also that time. Yeah, makes sense. But also, that does imply to a degree that the Curse of Ava might also be able to possibly work with Reverse. Also, that kind of suggests that in order to be happy in the Evangelion timeline, you need to be at least part cat. Maybe. So, your idea on the previous episode about filling the role with dogs or puppies didn't work. It wouldn't work, but if Kairo had even said used instrumentality to fill the role with kittens. Cat girls! Cat girls is always easy! Yeah! Not, not even fill the world with cat girls. Just turn Shinji into a genetically modified cat girl. Then Shinji would be <laughs> happy. If Shinji wasn't in this timeline that they broke the loop. Wait, there might be a timeline where Shinji was a cat girl. Yeah. There we go. So you need at least one cat girl in the world. Yeah. Way to go. So the implication could be that in previous loops, Mari might have been dead or just was unable to get to the point that she was able to get to there. Yeah. Just died off screen. Yeah, she might have even been in the bottom ace when it exploded. Uh. You said she's not in a lot of different stories just because she's a relatively recent character, right? Yeah. So it's also entirely possible that, like, the standard way things went involved her dying in the past or something like that, or not getting involved for one of various reasons. And this loop 
Kara was just like, fuck it, there's a happy person. I'm going to ensure they meet Shinji later on, just so Shinji has another example of what happiness looks like. So, it's entirely possible that Karu fully geared things so that Mari would get introduced to Shinji. There is one problem with that idea, though. Before Shinji is put on ice for uh, 14 years, they meet once, yep. twice, and then after that, they meet one more time. Yeah. As we said, he has more... And then more... she's ride or die for Shinji from that point on. As we've said, Karu mostly has control over things pre-second impact. So, he set up the building blocks where she would still be alive during that time, hoping that she would get introduced to Shinji, but couldn't force her to spend all of her time with Shinji. Also, I want to see that fucking Dead Sea Scroll that says introduce cat, cat girls. <laughs> yeah, introduce cat girls to Shinji. <laughs> she looks looking at me, what? Uh, first angel, second angel, da-da-da-da-da, last angel, first cat girl. <laughs> I mean, it's written on the Dead Sea Scroll. I guess we gotta do it for God. <laughs> yep. Gotta make genetically modified cat girls into appease God. Yeah. But that's the thing. Mari has so much about her that Ano tends to be a little bit coy about answering questions about it. Fair. And even when, for example, uh, Sadamo, uh, who did the comic, has specifically said, to my knowledge, I just added this into the comic. And I don't know if it's canon or not. Like, he's never said it's not canon or it is canon. He's like, to me, it could be anything. Who knows? Yeah. And then Ano be asked, he's like, uh. Fuck it. It's Mari. Yeah, it's Mari. Why are you asking questions about Mari? It's Mari. Yeah. Why do you want to know who Mari is and what she wants? It's Mari. <laughs> she wants what Mari wants. Exactly. Just to have a good time. Yeah. She doesn't want you to gank her style. She's not. Call the vibe. She's not a complicated character. She's just here to have a good time. And not a long time, so have a good time. The sun can't shine every day. It does for Mari, though. It does for Mari. Sun shines on Mari. Uh, now that song's stuck in my head, I'm sorry. I did this to myself. I know. <laughs> what else can we say about Mari? So we don't know the full aspect of what caused the Curse of Ava on her specifically, but the implication would be that minimum. She would have been in her early 20s. Uh, she was going to school with the others. And they would, so she would be roughly the same age as Gendo and Yuki. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she hasn't aged since it looks like 15 years. So it could be a situation that, you know, she was younger than Yui and Gendo as well, and like was in her first year while they were in their later years. Uh, Although, if that was the case, she probably wouldn't prefer to Gendo as Gendo Kuhn. It's never really clear if Mari's supposed to be 14 as well. Yeah. Uh, physically. She which, could be a couple years older. And to be fair, if she's 20 with the Curse of Ava, then there's fucking with the whole concept of only kids can ride Ava guns. Well, it could also be that the way the Curse of Ava works is if you're in contact with LCL for too long of a prolonged experience, it not only stops you from aging physically and mentally, but also just de-ages you to the point where you're roughly 14. Which would go back into the aspect of the character from Anima, who is more around toddler-sized. Of course it is. Well, like, you know, like, primary school kid. Yeah. Yeah. That would uh, explain a lot. And as we already discussed as well, she was made by another person to put in the series so that Anima could have no influence on her, so it would be guaranteed to break the franchise. Yeah, it would have to cause changes. Because uh, Anna wouldn't be imposing his will even subconsciously on the character. Yeah. 
also there are people out there who say she while she wasn't created by Anno, she somewhat represents Anno's wife in certain people's theories from what I read. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think she's more of to represent the she's more of the personification of life changing events and breaking the loop ultimately. Yeah. She is the final key that allows Shinji to break out. Yeah, break free from the cycle of self-destruction. Yeah, and the time. And the time. But yeah, it's the thing, like, it's hard to have a lot to say about her other than talking about what we do know and then theorizing on what that means. Yeah. So it is possible that she's all of these characters we mentioned. It's possible that's not the case at all. It's never been confirmed. But when you line everything up, what makes the most sense is she went to school with Yui Gendo, moved on to Project E with them as well. Yui disappeared at some point in that same time frame. She probably got the curse of Ava. There was probably some de-aging. And she ended up working as a spy, which also is why she has one of the big names, Makinami. Which you think someone would have figured out with the Shikinami series and the Iodon series also being a thing. Yeah. You would think it would just get to the point where once someone is introduced to you as a Nami, you'd be like, who are you really? <laughs> Tell me about yourself, because clearly there's something you're lying to me about. Yeah, so it's pretty clear Makinami is her real name, much like Shikinami and Ainami, named after a Japanese battleship. So we don't know even what her real last name is. Because even the character in Anima doesn't have last name spotting. Yeah. It's probably not as scary, and it's almost definitely not a luxurious Makinami. Might be of Bethany. <laughs> no, she's from the Bethany base. Yeah. Still doesn't mean her last name isn't of Bethany. Her name's Bethany Mary. <laughs> her... Beth. Yeah, it's uh, Bethany Mary, but she goes by Mary Iscariot slash Mary Illustrious Makinami. No one's gonna catch on. Yeah. It's like those people who uh, just start going by their middle name because they want to change their reputation and don't want to be associated with their real name. And then with the idea of her being a spy, it kind of adds new context to her comment about taking advantage of these adults. Yeah. Because she literally is taking advantage of them since they think she's a child. Yeah. She's manipulated. Exactly. So, which to be fair, I guess in that statement she didn't say, man, it's a shame that I, a child, am taking advantage of these adults. It's like, man, I sure feel kind of bad about taking advantage of these adults. Yeah, it's, these adults think they're taking advantage of kids, but it's just, I feel bad taking advantage of these adults. Well, she didn't even say that. Oh, that's the adults. Kaji's the one who says, it's, uh, I feel bad about, uh, Advantage of children, and then she says, "I feel bad taking advantage of these adults." Yeah, in a completely separate scene that they're not having a conversation together. Yeah, they're just coincidentally mirroring each other's lines across the universe. Yeah. Uh, now, when she first came out, there's a lot of theories about the character as well. Uh, a lot of people uh, thought that she was actually going to turn out to be Shinji and Asuka's child from the end of the Evangelion loop. No. Wasn't the case. <laughs> Just uh, no. They also thought Oscar's mother was one of the situations. Yeah. And another one that she was Oscar herself from the Because And that kind of comes from the fact that she ends up taking a lot of Oscar's role from the original run. But I wouldn't say she's taking Oscar's role. It's more of this character is what Oscar was presented with without that hollow back. 
Like, this yeah. is very much the this, confident pilot. This is who Asuka put up as a facade and presented to be, but actually being that person and not just a facade. And I think because of that, that's where the misconception comes that she's stealing Asuka's place, when it's not that. She's doing what Asuka did, but without faking it, essentially. Yeah. Which, that's what we learned about Asuka in the original 95 one. Asuka the whole time was fake. Yeah. Tended to be ultra cool, confident, crazy. Nope. Can't think of a third C word. Uh, just pretended to be very cool and confident. Collected. Calm, cool, collected. Uh, but instead was just essentially a house of cards with on a shaky one-legged table. And someone was really hot and needed to turn on a fan. Yep. Well, First, everyone else was about to sneeze. The person who was really hot and needed to turn on a fan was clearly Kaji. Yeah. Because he is very hot. Also, there was an earthquake warning that went out, like, just before you started doing those cards, and you'd be damned if you're going to stop building this house of cards. Yes. Yeah. You're so close to achieving perfection, of course you're going to continue building your house of cards during an earthquake. You're not going to let God get in your way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Get into a car, sure as hell is it? No, of course not. Gendo would sooner make himself a god than allow himself to die before he would let God dictate what happens to him. It's a shame, really, they didn't give us more Murray, because I think she's a character with a lot of really cool potential in the franchise that we just never get anything hard on. Absolutely. Well, that, like, even, like, a Gendo doesn't really have any interaction with her, right? And I think true. that would have been, like, such a, like, clear sign of, like, whatever their interaction was would have confirmed anything we needed. Yeah, I can kind of understand why they didn't have a Gendo interaction, like, while Gendo was still in charge of Nerve, and, like, she first shows up in Japan, or even, uh, during Rebuild 3 when Shinji goes back to Nerve, no interactions there. It is kind of disappointing that Gendo doesn't have an interaction with her towards the end of, uh, Rebuild 4. Yeah, because they make it very clear she knows Yui. Had interaction with, uh, but they still play it off like Rose. So she's kind of like the last mystery we've been going to think about it. Yeah, if Gendo had have had a brief conversation with her, or it's just like, oh, it's you again, or something like that, and like says some derogatory comment about her not being as smart as she thinks she is or some shit, it just would have helped to establish more about the character. Exactly, and that's something we never got with her, so. Yeah. Until See, further notice, she's a speculation character. There's a lot of things flying around that could or could not make sense, but we never know until it's confirmed. Oh, can you imagine, like, how big of a reveal it would have been if Gendo had that meeting with her and then had, like, some throwaway line about how it looks like during those years she wasn't aging, she also didn't learn anything? And, like, that's the fucking line. It's like, oh, shit, confirmed. She knew Gendo way back then and hasn't aged since then. <laughs> I guess your growth really has stunted. I mark you a C-. And then he just hands her a piece of paper with C- written on it. It's like, Gendo, what the fuck are you talking about? I beat your ass in university, I'll do it here. Yeah. Uh, I think Mark would throw down if Gendo started talking shit. Absolutely. We also know at the time that this would be happening, Gendo has the hollow head from the key of Nebuchadnezzar situation, so... I don't think he would win a fight if he took too many blows to the face. He took a bullet to the head and lived. Yeah, but I think Mario's more effective in combat than a gun. Alright, uh... Questions, then. I don't have any other than the two we already addressed of what is Mary and... Where did she come from? Where did she go? Yeah. Where did she come from? Mary Iscariot. Uh, but do our fans have any questions for us? 
Yes. Yep. So we do have a series of questions, which uh, we'll pull up here. Uh, so these questions were all asked through the Instagram page. So, of course, if you have a question here that you feel that was not answered, please email us, and we will definitely get to that next time we have an episode recorded. For the first question, we have from uh, MSROZAQ. Why Mary is interested, or maybe, like, or love Shinji? So, uh, you actually kind of touched on one of the theories about why Mary is so connected to Shinji, and that is she was close to Yui, so her love for Shinji was probably something that was very clear, so if she was that close, she wanted to make sure Shinji was taken care of. Yeah. The ending doesn't truly imply that there is a romantic thing going on there. Shinji just grew up into a flirty guy. Kaji's influence, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe Kaoru. A little bit of both. Yeah. Well, also, it's Kaji's influence, and then Kaji's influence via Kaoru. Exactly. They might be in a relationship, too. It's they're both neither confirmed nor denied. Through weird time shit, they're both the same age. Yep. But at the same time, they're both in their... 30s, at the very least? Yeah. They both aged up, her not quite all the way. Yeah. So, I think... Ultimately, it's not supposed to be important of what the relationship is. It's just more that they're close. Yeah, I don't... I'm not saying this is not the case, but it's not explicitly uh, the case. Like, it's not the definitive answer is that they're in a sexual relationship yeah. right there. And the thing about the Murray family is like, huh, we won at the end. But at the same time, it's like, well, no, the ending just kind of confirms that he doesn't end up with Asuka, Ray, or Coward. Yeah. He ends up knowing Murray at the end. That's, that's what we have for us. Uh, so for the next question, uh, we have from Paint underscore S-A-B-L. Where was Unit 9 during the first two rebuild movies? Uh, so this one, we kind of already have the answer through end of it, uh, the end of Evangelion timeline, so the original run. So in that storyline, they get a hold of Angel 4, which allows them to make the MPs, and that's actually the units. And those were units 5 upwards. Yeah. So in that timeline, because they got the cord, they just mass-produced the rest of the Evangelions all the same from that point. So up until... Probably the Bardiel experiment, honestly. We find out that most of the Evangelions were in production at that point. They all started. After this, the Bardiel experiment was kind of them testing out the synthetic S2 drive, which yeah. we find out is the fruit of life, or the synthetic one. Yeah. So, it's the same deal with the Rebuild series. Unit 9 was probably only partially in construction with the systems they had in place, and probably wasn't actually fully built until after the events of the second. Yeah. There might have been a system in place there because it ends with Ava going to 6. We know that Ava 5 was in effect. So, 7 onwards, we don't know what happens. Yeah, plus 14 years is a great amount of time to actually build Ava, so... Yeah, so I would expect if we ever do get something that fills in that gap, she'll probably already have uh, Ava 8. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be addressed fully of how it would build. Actually, that might be even part of the storyline. Thing to do Ava to beat it. Yeah. But she, I would assume she would get one earlier or she's using Unit 6 temporarily. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this one is from Primus versus Unicron. This one. Uh, does she have romantic feelings for Asuka? No. I think I, she's just a really touchy feely person. Yeah, I think. I think yes. First of all, I think she's just a very touchy feely person who maybe makes inappropriate contact with children sometimes, given that she's. <laughs> questionable whether or not she's a child 
but I think the big thing is also... The Spanish years, he's somewhere between 44 and 62. Yeah. Uh, I think the true nature of her relationship with Asuka is she recognizes the things Asuka has been through and is just trying to take care of Asuka in her own way. Maybe it's not the most appropriate way to help take care of Asuka, but she's just trying to be there for Asuka. You can see this in all of the interactions when they're both piloting Ava's, and she's constantly referring to Asuka as a princess and just doing whatever she says. She's not there to try and make life difficult for Asuka or trying to get into Asuka's pants. She's just trying to do what Asuka needs in the moment, and sometimes that's being affectionate in an inappropriate way. Yeah, and she's... Even in when we see her back in the times of the university, essentially, when she's there with school with you, uh, you weekend up. She does, definitely does come off as just a generic, playful, flirty person, and I don't think she means really anything else of that beyond just that's what she does. Yeah. That's just her personality. She really enjoys everything, and she's playful about it. Absolutely. Uh, next question is from Charlotte underscore KMNM. Is Mari actually 40 plus years old? So, yes. It, yes. The time span, she would have to be somewhere between 44 and 62. Give her a hand. Which, I mean, if she's 62, good honor. She looks great for her age. <laughs> uh, this one is from Wiz, oh, sorry, Riz, Wa07. Who is she? Listen to the first half of this <laughs> podcast. If you weren't listening... I asked two questions at the start of this podcast. Who is she and what does she want? We've addressed the who is she. According yeah. to Anno, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. She's Mario's here. <laughs> yeah. Or Mary Makinami Illustrious. Yeah. Or just Mary. Or just or Mary. Just Mary. Or just Mary. All we know for sure is she's definitely Mary in that she's happy. That's also true. And that is the questions we had from our, from the Instagram page. Good. As we stated up front, if you think there's a question we missed, or if there's a question you now want answered about her, shoot us an email. Also, to call back to it, uh, I just want to readdress. If you do listen to this podcast as a group, I insist that at least one member of that group sends us an email. I want to know your life story. Yeah, sure. <laughs> get a shout-out for yeah. no reason other than you sent yeah. it. Yeah. You will entirely get a shout-out based solely on the part that you listen to this podcast as a member of a group. Uh, so, for fun facts, I kind of went through most of them when we were talking about what is Mara, because Mara herself is just a full of theories character. She is a fun fact in her existence. Exactly. Uh, but there is kind of, like, other fun facts kind of connected to her. For example, uh, Yama, uh, Yamaga, who's another one of the creators in the series, uh, has stated that a lot of people, especially in the Evangelion fanbase, tend to look really hard at everything and assuming it has more meaning. And Mari's definitely a character where that's not everything about her. Some of the things really have no meaning other than the fact that that's what she does. And it's something a lot of people should probably take to heart when looking through the Evangelion series. Now, I know we have a podcast about breaking down Evangelion and all that stuff. Taking a very deeper look with a fine-tooth comb slash microscope. But that's kind of the thing that Mari's character is also kind of to be the antithesis to. Of, there's a lot of stuff to Mari that isn't to pay off some deep warp of the series. She's literally just there to exist. And, you know, if you listen to those creators, it kind of starts to make sense. Uh, so, this is the final episode of our podcast. We're done now. We've <laughs> learned our lesson. No, you can never make us stop. And by that, I mean I can ask us to stop, and Keith can return to pulling out a gun to ensure that this will never end. And 
answer to that, do I? No, you don't. I'm well aware I'm not allowed to leave. <laughs> and, yeah, I already mentioned there's a Mari in Anima, which kind of built into a similar role, and it has cat-like uh, you know, traits. So, yeah, there's not really much other Mari stuff to talk about. Way to go, Mari. So I guess the question comes to, what are your thoughts on Mari now that we're fully talking about the character? Uh, I have to put myself on a stance similar to how you described your feelings of Kaoru last episode, where I find her to be an interesting character, but there's just not enough of her for me to be able to confidently say I like her or I dislike her. It's, she's interesting, I'm intrigued, but she seems more like a side character than a full-on character. Yeah, that, I will agree with you that is an unfortunate part of the character where because she kind of got sidelined through the rest of the franchise after her introduction, we don't have a lot, but that's also kind of the nature of the character. So she's probably the most fun Evangelion character for the simple fact of her character is always very excited about things, happy, like she's the, one, the only character that's happy to be in the situation she's in at any moment. Yeah. But at the same time, there's also the fun of we don't know the answers, so the speculation on what the answers could be and just add to it. So I definitely hope we do get more Evangelion in the future. That gives us the chance to you get... you got to learn to let it go. Okay. The whole point of this podcast was for you to learn to let it go. Can't keep hoping I'll for more. I'll stop when I want to. <laughs> but what I'll really mean is I would like to see more of the character of Mari in this universe so we can get more of her. Uh, we don't need any progressing the story past the rebuild timeline. Just having it filled out where there is stuff. New yeah. video games, one-off things, just little things that give us not the full Mario story, but a bit more. Just spoon-feeding us so we can like kind of slowly get to what Mario really is. You heard it here first. Keith is directly asking for you to write Mario fanfiction. You do that. Don't send it to us because then I'm also going to get it. But just, like, create it and put it out there. Keith will find it on his own. Uh, send it to Peter Akeley's Twitter account, Instagram account. Uh, find him on Reddit. Just put it out into the universe. <laughs> we'll find it when we need it. <laughs> you don't even need to upload it to the internet. If you just, like, write it on paper and leave it at your home, I promise we will find it when we need it. That's probably my favorite way that we've ever requested anything or anyone's ever requested anything. Put it out there. We'll find it when it's needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, with that, uh, I'll say that Mari is probably my favorite character after the Rebuild series. Fair. Um, but it's under that idea of that she's a fun character and it's the potential of the character that is kind of drawing you in aspect. Absolutely. So, definitely my favorite Evening Gunning character. So with that, we'll wrap up the episode here. Uh, of course, as we mentioned a few times before, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. We also upload these episodes every Wednesday. It's on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. Please like, favorite, subscribe, comment, share with a friend. All that helps spread the podcast around. We also have the Instagram page where we deal with uh, putting up fun facts and little tidbits and kind of go into a little bit more depth about certain key terms to help explain things and in order as we go through the series. On top of that, we can do polls. And if you reach out there, we also get pretty quick responses to questions. 
And with that, what's happening next time, Keith? So next time, we're going into some more character breakdowns, and we're going to start off with actually three characters next time, which is we're going to talk about the school friends. Ooh! And as always, plenty of fan service.